I want to win again for sure, but like my next goal is, is Bathurst. Now that uh, emphasis on that raises and I need to try and get that done. When I first took over the team at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, uh, weren't especially rosy, but we managed to win a, a race with Chaz Mostert that year in, in July and I thought, gee, this caper's bloody easy. Hey, I'm David Reynolds from Penrite Racing and this is Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. It's post Talem Bend, TCR and Super 5000, but more importantly, it's the week of the final, Craig. There you go off to Newcastle. Quite an exciting event this year again. Yes, exciting for different reasons. The last two years we've had the, the, you know, the big championship on the line this year. Scotty has, well, as you said, been the benchmark and set all these great new records. And so it's the team's championship that everyone will be looking for. Who gets bragging rights on pit lane? Yes, I, I happened to see again RPM. It was the final show, which is rather surprising. They'd end the show a week before the final round of the series. You would have thought they'd do a post-event uh, you know, a week later. But anyway, they're not. Um, and saw Garth talking up, the, oh, they should have got a points penalty. That engine, you know, qualifying engine of uh, Scotty's, it should have been... You know, they, they should have got a team points penalty, which could have made it a bit easier for uh, the drivers at um, the uh, Newcastle round to let Triple Eight win again. But anyway, not to be. Um, it uh, was an interesting weekend at um, Tail and Bend, both TCR. That was title was already wrapped up prior to the final round. Will Brown doing an excellent job. And he, of course, was doing double duty like a number of other drivers, but John Martin being one of them. But the uh, 5,000, as far as I'm concerned, was the main feature, and that was a terrific race. Unfortunately, uh, uh, Anton Di Pasquale uh, had a contact with Tom Randall in the last race, and so he got a points penalty and was pushed back in the order and things like that. But the overall racing was terrific. The cars looked great, sound great, and I think it uh, bodes well for a, a really excellent debut uh, at the Grand Prix for this new series. I think you'd be pretty excited about that as well. Yeah, it, a lot of people are lining up to have their opportunity to run in that too, aren't they? There's a huge amount of interest and we're really seeing some uh, some skills that, one, we knew were there, but we hadn't been able to see on our shores for many years. Thomas, Anton, John uh, Martin, who did win the trophy race, they're all getting a chance to show their open-wheel skills in a you know a very powerful open wheel car that uh, has been really really well received there's a lot of goodwill in and around what chris lambden and the team have done similarly also the tcr series australian racing group arg have done an excellent job with that category because not only did they have a lot of energy around it um they had a lot of brands in there they had a lot of exciting combination of young drivers um, who are, you know, really shaping the series, and that was uh, Will Brown and Dylan O'Keefe. Um, but then there was this group of uh, older drivers, experienced ones like uh, Tander and Ingall and uh, Bright, putting their name in there, giving a benchmark for, for how they're going. And then this new young group of drivers who have not yet shone in the main light yet. And the Jordan Cox's Aaron Cameron's own fantastic that they are out there mixing it up and uh, it was a terrific uh, event for that reason. 
Um, but let's get around talking about next year in Newcastle. Now, the biggest news this week has been the announcement by Supercars, the organisation, that they're taking Newcastle off the Super 2 series. The Dunlop series is not going to be there next year, which is, uh, at first thought, oh, gee, they're losing a chance at uh, being there. But it's all about budgets. Um, we know well, and had your thoughts uh, last week, Craig, on the uh, combining of Super 2 and Super 3. Uh, obviously, they're not going to do that, and they're doing something different by cutting a, one of the rounds back to six now. Yeah, but they're also putting in quite a uh, big prize pool. And interestingly, I've been looking at some of the coverage on it, and you get some of the... Uh, some of the messages saying they're putting in $400,000, others saying they're putting in $500,000 to try and uh, boost up and and give people a kick along out of uh, winning the championship. Of course, I did rant on a bit last week. It's all very well to have a Super 2 champion, but if there's no seats to move into, then where is he going? And that uh, that is one of the criteria is that they get the $400,000 if they continue, um, but if there's no seat to move into, where are they continuing to? Another year in Super 2, obviously. But uh, The one anomaly that actually, and it's almost like, uh, do you remember when they introduced that super um, purse that you, know, you win a million dollars if you win the big three or whatever it was? you remember that one? There was the big... It was the Grand Slam. The Grand Slam, right, okay. Yeah, I think it was Adelaide, Gold Coast, uh, Adelaide, Bathurst, Gold Coast and Sydney. Right, okay. Well, no one ever won that. Maybe Cochrane uh, was banking on that. <laughs> but no one cared after, after Adelaide because after Adelaide only one person could win it. Uh, yes, it wasn't, yeah. Um, this one has another anomaly in that, you know, this uh, $400,000 purse is only applicable to somebody who's under 25. Okay, well, that's not too difficult. But it's for a rookie. And how many times has a rookie won the series? I doubt, outside the very first one, I doubt that any rookie has won it. It's designed for a reason, and that is to encourage some of the people who are now departing from the supercars umbrella to go and join ARG. That was a little interesting announcement, which uh, I'm sure was discussed at... Taylor and Ben last weekend, that the Super 3s have relinquished their strategic partnership with supercars and are going to move on to the uh, ARG bill as part of their expanding group of uh, series that will come under their their management control. It's always... Look, one of the things that was interesting me is looking at uh, the composure of... uh, pit lane of course the uh, actual order of pit lane will be determined once the team championship is decided on saturday or sunday there's 116 points i think difference um djr team penske leading by that 116 over triple a is that right yeah no i I, i'm pretty sure that is correct um but uh the thing that looking at of course is that we now have eight two-car teams and two four-car teams. So it, there's been a real change in the way it's structured. You know, the single-car teams, not, no one wants to do that anymore. Um, and it's just the changing face of, of racing and the way in which if you can go and get a budget for one car, you should be able to get one for two, and therefore, bingo, there you are. You've got your uh, own control on pit stops and all those sort of things. But 
Anyway, one of those those people, uh, those teams that's moved up is Matt Stone, who has just uh, confirmed that he's got 99% of the pieces in place. We don't know much of it yet, but uh, his uh, actual team uh, set up. We know that Todd Hazelwood is moving on. He's um, possibly going to be moving to uh, Brad Jones and Tim Slade may be going and swapping seats there. Um, James Rosenberg is regularly seen in the back of the Matt Stone garage, but he's long been friends with the Stone, so that's no real difference. But anyway, we've got Matt Stone telling us uh, something of his plans for next year and talking also uh, about the way in which the series is structured. So that's coming up after the break. We'll uh, go now to Matt Stone. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates that tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jack LeBrock from Truck Assist Techno Racing. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. It's just after race 26 of the 2019 season. And I'm with Matt Stone, who's got a lot of things on his agenda, but one of the things we want to talk to him about today is the commission, which is a very different looking commission now with the appointment of Jamie. Tell us your thoughts on his appointment and what else has happened to the Commission. Look, I think that um, Jamie getting on the Commission is a really good step forward in you know, making sure that the Commission re- remains relevant as, uh, as you know, Supercars moves into the future. Um, I think his perspective from being a driver coming up through the last X amount of years and you know, in the recent years expanding his own interest into business and then getting into the business of Supercars, um, he's a real logical choice to make that step. Um, I really like the fact that, you know, Jamie wasn't in the business of supercars 10 years ago when the economy was really strong and, you know, we didn't have the challenges of online marketing to compete with. So he doesn't know how it was and he's not looking in the past, but he's looking at what we've got now and, you know, what the future could bring. Um, You know, he's of a similar generation to myself where we grew up, grew up not in the social media generation, but grew into the social media uh, generation. So I think his, his perspective is something that I look forward to seeing the outcomes of some decisions made. Um, and I think he brings a really good balance to the, the commission. Yes, obviously you want to have people in the commission who have experience, but much better having people who didn't experience maybe the 1950s, 60s and 70s, but more so the 2000s. Yeah, look, I mean, the, you know, the, the troubling... Economy at the moment in supercars is that you know sponsorship isn't what it was, and for various reasons, um, you know that's the that's the market we're in at the moment. And you know, a big one for me is you know online marketing is a competition for the sponsorship income that just wasn't around ten years ago. So you know, I, I think that that's gonna that's the one of the biggest challenges we face is how we recut the cloth. To make sure that the value is there for these brands in our uh, medium, and you know, I think it takes someone who understands it a little bit from a 
you know growing up in it perspective and also someone who you know didn't didn't see the the days as they were 10 years ago directly so have a little bit of a uh, yeah a break in view but then you also need on the commission those experienced guys that know how this uh, business and how the motorsport in industry around supercars has been run to um to contrast that view so yeah i'm, I'm quite excited about the the new the new appointees on the commission and um yeah where, what it might bring us okay that leads us into i mean your father obviously was a great competitor a great racer lived through amazing times in motor racing on his, the international scale and you've grown up in that environment but the thing that probably wasn't said a lot to Jim when he was coming through was um, we're in the entertainment business yeah look I mean I've, I've uh, had the, uh, a bit of the pleasure of growing up inside supercars uh, from a very young age and you know I started in a Stone Brothers racing when I was still in high school sweeping the floors and you know, I've got moved moved through every rank in between from then and now to being, um, you know, in the team owners table. So I, I do think I have quite a unique perspective of the whole sport. Um, and you know, while I was around uh, back in those days, I you know I certainly wasn't looking at the business. And you know, we grew up; it was all about racing, and uh, the business sort of took care of itself. Whereas in these days, you know, there's a lot more focus on making sure that. You know the teams are sustainable, so that we can continue to race hard, um, and you know, and keep the parity equal, so that you know one team that may have a better funding doesn't just run away with it and, and make it you know a game that we don't want to play. Yeah, indeed. Um, which brings me to the next issue. You've had a number of transitions in your career as a team owner, going from Super Two to the main game, and now of course you've got the next one coming, where you're going to be a, reputedly to be a two-car team. Um, and I realise that commercially we can't talk about some of the things that are the, the big issues that, that people know about, but it, it, it's manning the team up is, is obviously one of those things you have to tackle. Yeah, look, I mean, when we stepped up to the main game in 2018, our biggest struggle was finding staff to do it. We took a lot of our core personnel that we had been very successful with in Super 2 and moved them up into the main game, along with bringing in some extras. Uh, and we really struggled to fill the voids in Super 2 to continue that program strong. Um, and with that in mind, you know, we've really, over the last two years, been building up our personnel, training a lot of young guys, both mechanics and engineers, to try and set ourselves up for the next expansion. And we, we did this not really even knowing what the next expansion would be, just that it's in our nature that we tend to keep doubling in size every couple of years. So, you know, personnel for next year, we'll probably dial down a little bit of our input in some of the support categories, mainly in Super 2, um, bring some of those people that we've been training up in to fill the voids in our main game operation, and that only leaves a couple of key positions that we need to fill. Um, so I, I'm very confident that you know we'll be able to hit the ground running next year with a solid crew, and um, you know our our team as it is now is very very refined and very in, in the tone with the MSR way, um, and yeah, no, we're we're pretty confident moving forward. Well, the fascinating thing is yourself, like Charlie Schmerkholz, like the Kellys, uh, you know, it's moving to this model of two cars, um, and two cars or four cars, it's, it's, it's a competitive edge of having, you're not having to share a boom with somebody else, but controlling your, your sporting environment far more. 
um, obviously commercially it helps you a little bit too. Yeah, look, I think the um, the two car team was almost a necessity, you know, as others were obviously rumoured to do it, and we were certainly looking at it. Um, you know, the the nature of the fact that if, if everyone's a two car team and you're a single car team, you've got no one to share a boom with. So from a practical point of view, you don't actually have enough people to to service the car in a pit stop. Um, and then as the you know, as we all look at, you know, we all want to go racing and we want to go racing hard. So as we look at new ways to um, reduce the costs without compromising on quality, um, certainly by running two cars, there's a lot of things that you can amortise over two that, that are a saving overall. So um, I would say that it's a struggle for the smaller teams like ourselves to find the full budget for one car, but to find the full budget for two cars... Uh, makes it a little bit more achievable because there's some things that that you save on with the economy of scale. The likelihood is that um, the uh, television deal the next time around is going to uh, be different with you need the commercial uh, of uh, free-to-air to go and sell sell what you've got, don't you? Yeah, look, absolutely. I think free-to-air is a big part of getting our sport to the fans. you know, it, it helps us get more reach. I mean, supercars reach at the moment is growing, uh, and I think the sport and the fan base is actually quite healthy um, in terms of the you know all, all sport in Australia. Um, Free to air will definitely help that, but you know the biggest issue is the costs have gone up. You know, the cost of uh, cost of wages, the cost of the cars, the cost of panels, the cost of technology, everything's gone up, and and you know the the marketing spend in Australia has been divided between different sports and different options for that. For that. So free-to-air will definitely help for, for the fans and you know, deliver our sport to the fans, but um, I don't know how. It's definitely not gonna be the, uh, the, go- the golden solution to, to bringing the income back. Um, you know, I think we as a sport need to make sure that we're, we're smart and focused on, on getting the costs under control and the parity sorted so that our sport is strong for years to come. All right, well, thank you very much to Matt Stone. We'll be watching a couple of spaces, one about that and one about also your team year. So I imagine that'll be uh, the end of year sort of thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, obviously, we're, we're committed to two, and that's definitely happening. Um, you know, as we've said to a few outlets, we've got one of our, one of our drivers locked in, and uh, they are a current main game competitor. Um, that's as much as we'll say on that because, you know, we've all got our own seasons to focus on, and, you know, we don't want to... We don't want to get what's happening next year get in the way of everyone finishing this year strong in the teams and environments that they're in, both for us and uh, our future driver. Um, and as for the second car, yeah, we're, we're definitely looking at how we go about it, um, whether we run another rookie driver for a full season or whether we'd go down and sort of split it between two rookie drivers to try and build up that skill set in the young, young uh, drivers coming out of Super 2. It certainly sounds like a, a viable method to do it. So thank you very much to Matt Stone and Matt Stone Racing for your time today. No worries, thank you. It's certainly a, a differing uh, landscape when you've got a young man as uh, Matt Stone is. He's got someone highly experienced in the business, in his father, Jim, who is one half of the Stone Brothers Racing. And they've really uh, you know ramped up, and I think they're going to be ready to get on a podium this year if they've got the right driver in place. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out and and well i am sure they've got a strong base as we heard there uh talking about getting the manpower together is such a critical phase um 
In the news, you were talking about how two teams uh, teams are riding up on that two-car model, but interestingly, since we last were on air, that we have seen a four-car team uh, be established with BJR bringing on board the uh, Smith entry to uh, the full-time series in 2020. So uh, he had a number of wildcard appearances this year, but now it looks set that uh, Jack Smith will be full-time with BJR for his program. So I think what we might see is that uh, BJR will have their own two cars. They'll have the cool drive car of Tim Blanchard's, and then they'll also be preparing the new, we think it'd be the SCT logistics car for the Smith family. Yeah, indeed. And, and of course, Brad having uh, two customer cars there with the Blanchards and the Smiths in the uh, second garage. And, of course, Will Davison and Phil Monday continue on in their customer role with Tickford, um, but them keeping the model going of having four Mustangs, two garages, and yes, being that little bit more in control of uh, their situation there. And I know that Phil uh, certainly enjoyed... Um, both the uh, experience of uh, being part of a larger team, as did Will. So uh, I think that's an excellent thing. And look, I think it's a consolidation for the series, getting these larger teams, rather than the the single uh, car, single team uh, being out there by themselves. Um, uh, I I had the opportunity at the Gold Coast to speak to a, a couple of the team owners, that being uh, Tim Edwards of Tickford and Barry Ryan of Erebus. And, of course, the hot topic at that time, coming off uh, both Pukekohe and Bathurst, was the uh, aero and what that change is going to happen for 2020. So after the break, we'll be hearing from Tim Edwards of Tickford and Barry Ryan from Erebus. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. One of the things I just want to talk about was um, Newcastle. Now, we know that uh, this year we have seen Scotty McLaughlin set a benchmark and set a new standard for where the number of uh, race wins in a season, I think it's 18 of the 30 at this stage, um, with another two to come. And uh, he's also set a new qualifying standard with 15 poles this year. I think the previous record was 13. Um, That... Scotty has, in fact, won two of the four races that have held at uh, Newcastle. Of course, this is only the third year we've been there with the series. Um, with He's won two, and both Wincup and Reynolds won one apiece. apiece. Um, McLaughlin's won both of the Saturday races, and Wincup and Reynolds uh, shared the Sunday races. While the polls also, Scotty's got two of the four pole positions, and with uh, Van Gisbergen and Reynolds sharing the other two. So, you know, there's no shadow of a doubt that McLaughlin is going there with not only season form, but track form, which is always that key ingredient. So long as, you know, you, you go well at that track and the car is going well that season, then you're pretty cherry ripe. And if he does it and, you know, sets it as 19 or maybe even 20 races, um, then it will be a benchmark that will stay for a very long time, I would think. You'd, it's it's lasted as long as it has from, I think it was 96, wasn't it, that uh, Craig Lowndes set that uh, first record? 
Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Rapsdale family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Will Brown, co-driver of the Penrite Racing number 99 car for Anton Di Pasquale. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. I'm with Tim Edwards, who is the general manager of Tickford Racing. CEO. CEO. That's close enough. We know the job you do is in charge, and you've got the big whip and the big uh, bonuses you hand around at Christmas. <laughs> Why don't you just talk about the 2020 Aero? There's been a lot of conjecture, uh, and I'd just like to get uh, your opinion on where you think uh, the Aero should go, where do you think it's likely to go, and what do you think will happen for the 2020 season if there are changes to coming? Well, obviously, the, the, the target from supercars is to reduce the downforce by sort of 10, 15%. So they've sort of, you know, but the mandate from the Commission is to do that just by modifying existing parts on the car. So clearly, you know, lower rear wing angle and changes to gurneys or filling in under tray at the, at the front. So, um, you know, the intention is not to go off and design completely new aero packages. It's just to tune what we've got just uh, down to a lower level. Um, you know, the, the theory is that that will improve the, the racing. Um, time will tell whether that, that's the case. You know, it's, uh, that's certainly a lot of people's opinion. Um, we'll see what happens. Right, OK. We know what happens sometimes with popular opinion. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. It's a general trend around the world is talk about reducing aero, whether it's Formula One, NASCAR or wherever. Do you think that that will have a, an impact... Uh, at the end of the day, you can't really put us in the same context of uh, Formula One and IndyCar because we have very, 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 very little downforce. You know, you hear all the stories about a Formula One car, it could actually, you know, run upside down because it's got that much downforce. You know, we've got a pittance of that. You know, we have a little bit of downforce on our cars um, and we have a drag number as well. You know, in fact, you could argue drag's probably the more biggest contributor over downforce because if someone can do 295 down Conrod and someone can do 300 k's down Conrod, you know, th th there's a noticeable difference between the cars. So I think, you know, drag's a big part of that as well. But, you know, part of the reason for the aero test as well is for supercars to also um, redo the aero test that was done 12 months ago. You know, they, they thought at the time they... Um, They'd had a good aero test, but I think you know they've learnt a lot over the last 12 months. And the way this next aero test to be done, it's got an adaptive um, adaptive dampers on it. So rather than it just being uh, a single single ride height, um, the car will actually be measured at three different rake angles. So you know, I, I think they've learnt a lot this year, and so the tools that they've been developing this year will help them do a much better job of, of the aero test. So it's as much about redoing the aero. To, to um, let's just say normalise it, and, and um, you know, there's been a lot of stuff done with CFD, but we know that's only a tool. You know, the best test is to actually go and redo it all again at an airfield with the new, you know, the new system they've got, and uh, hopefully, you know, we have a level of parity that there is no changes in 2020. Okay, could you put a number on, um, uh, you know, where you think the FGX? is below uh, where the Mustang is now in terms of the amount of overall downforce. Could you put numbers on that? Yeah, it's the same. 
It's the same. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, there's talk about for next year, you know, down 10 to 15, you said. Yeah. Um, so uh, that would put it below where the FGX was. And... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, you know, effectively the, the ZB was benchmarked against the FGX and then the, uh, sorry, the, the ZB. The FGX was the sort of the datum for the ZB to match at the end of uh, 2018, yep. and then the FGX became the datum for the Mustang to benchmark again at the end of, um, uh, you know, 12 months later. I might have got my years slightly out, but you know what I mean. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so effectively, you know, the datums in theory haven't changed. Right. Now, okay. I think you know probably the engineers of, of, of both marks have done a good job of of. Um, I wouldn't say masking, but um, you know, developing more efficient aero packages over that period, yeah. and that's why supercars have decided they needed better tools to be able to keep up with the smart blokes up and down the pit lane. All right, okay. All right. Um, so far, your car's looking pretty quick. Um, obviously, both in the dry and the wet. Um, we've just had the first of the, the uh, two qualifying races. Uh, the next ones to come. Um, you're confident of. Uh, Going well in the 500 tomorrow? Oh, look, there's no doubt the Triple Eight cars have, have got the legs on us this weekend. You know they have done since they got their um, their aero upgrade for for Pukekohe. So you know that's that's making the job harder, and that's why we're looking forward to the aero test at the end of the year as well. So I think it's. Um, but, you know, and they've got a very strong driver pairings as well. Welcome to Inside Supercars. I'm here with Barry Ryan. We're just talking to Barry, uh, who of course is a shareholder in Erebus Motorsport, and of course uh, in charge of the whole outfit. But what do you know about uh, 2020 Aero? Because things need to change. Yeah, I think we've proved this year that and other categories around the world are reducing Aero to try and make the racing better. That makes the entertainment better, makes more people watch TV. So. We need, we've got way too much at the moment and that's obviously a product of the Mustang being introduced with too much and then not being able to reduce easily and cheaply off that. We have to then make the Nissan and the Commodore better. Yep. So now we've just ended up with way too much. So. Okay, when you have too much aero, what happens for the cars, you know, the one in front and the one following, what happens? Well, I think the, the car in front obviously disturbs the air more and uses the air more so it disturbs it for the car behind and reduces the air for the car behind and you know at Bathurst this year like the drivers were commenting that they felt like GT3 cars so it's just too much and you know, to go a second and a half faster in the race at Bathurst compared to the year before shows that we have taken a big step forward and um, yeah well, I think the parity is pretty close now but um, yeah we just need everything reduced more Yep. for next year. Okay. So, um, for that to happen, first of all, the Commission and or the Board, they have to ratify as to what we need to do. So, yeah, do you get a yeah. chance to put your views forward on that? No, not really. The homologation teams, um, so DJRT, Penske and Red Bull, have to, I guess, come up with a solution that the supercar accepts and then do the new VCAT test, which um, obviously is a test that tests the aero properly, but we've never done that properly. But between Adrian and um, Campbell Little, I think they've got some really good systems in place. The way they test the cars this time, and we'll be able to really accurately get the aero right, including in your, so going around corners, but not just in a straight line. Okay. Is it a pretty uniform view amongst pit lane in terms of team owners? Is that the sort of view? 
I think, yeah, team owners are more so the technical people involved in each team. They all agree that, yes, we've got to make a change and obviously we can all give input with the, the CTAP because I'm in the CTAP and uh, one of the engineers from each team's in that and they can all have a view on it but it's down to supercars and the homologation teams at the end of the day to make the decision and get it right. All right, well, thank you very much, Barry Ryan. All right, thank you, Tony. One of the things I just want to talk about was um, Newcastle. Now, we know that uh, this year we have seen Scotty McLaughlin set a benchmark and set a new standard for where the number of uh, race wins in a season, I think it's 18 of the 30 at this stage, um, with another two to come. And uh, he's also set a new qualifying standard with 15 poles this year. I think the previous record was 13. Um, That Scotty has, in fact, won two of the four races that have held at uh, Newcastle. Of course, this is only the third year we've been there with the series. Um, with He's won two, and both Wincup and Reynolds won one apiece. apiece. Um, McLaughlin's won both of the Saturday races, and Wincup and Reynolds uh, shared the Sunday races, while the Poles also, Scotty's got two of the four pole positions, and with uh, Van Gisbergen and Reynolds sharing the other two. So, you know, there's no shadow of a doubt that McLaughlin is going there with not only season form, but track form, which is always that key ingredient. So long as, you know, you, you go well at that track and the car is going well that season, then you're pretty cherry ripe. And if he does it and, you know, sets it as 19 or maybe even 20 races, um, then it will be a benchmark that will stay for a very long time, I would think. It's, it's lasted as long as it has from... I think it was 96, wasn't it, that uh, Craig Lowndes set that uh, first record? Yep, it's going to be one that's not going to be broken very soon, you would expect, particularly as we heard from Tim Edwards and and also from Barry Ryan, if they get the benchmarking right in the uh, VCAT testing that they'll be doing at the end of next year. Now, it's great. We've got a couple of drivers here on the show heading into Newcastle. Coming up after the break, Anton Di Pasquale and Andre Heimgarsner talking about two completely different things, Tony. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Bet Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and we're unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at Sport Radio Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au Hi, I'm Tony Delberto from Shell V Power Racing. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. I'm here with Andre Heimgartner as he's completed the second series he's been running in this year in TCR. It's been an up and down season. You've shown great speed through the year. Um, But anyway, I want to talk to you about next year because... Three years at Kelly's, um, and you've got a whole brand new car coming at some stage. Well, maybe not all brand new, but a new car for you anyway. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. As you said, two series this year has been busy, and um, TCR hasn't gone quite to plan, but the, the supercar thing, obviously, we've had some success there with a couple of podiums and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely um, great to re-sign again for the foreseeable future and to stay with the same team, same engineers, same people. 
it's, uh, it's something that people don't value enough, I don't think, the continuity between those two. And if you tend to swap around too much, you lose a lot of those relationships and um, just the little things here and there. So really looking forward to the next year. And I think also having the Mustang will be um, a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, clearly the Mustang's showing great speed from when it hit the track and there have been various attempts to slow it down and various things like that. I mean, a countryman of yours in Scotty has, he's been a different class really um, to even the others in, in Mustangs, but um, you must be encouraged because you've shown great speed in the Altimers quite a few times, particularly in the Enduro Cup. Yeah, well, the last few rounds, we qualified on the front row last round. Uh, and Bathurst were one of the only few cars to get in the 103s and if it wasn't for the rain we should have been quite up there in qualifying so we've been able to tune the car to be competitive and I've been able to extract the most out of it the last few rounds so definitely it's good signs I think the Mustang can only be a step in the right direction on what we've got now so um, I don't think we're going to be going straight to the front I would expect us to start out basically where we are now if not a little bit worse until we find our way around our head but the thing with the, this is um, we don't have to worry about homologation, we just worry about more of the car speed, so we're not um, you know, distracted by all these things, and obviously the poten potential of the car is there because Penske's able to extract what they do out of it, so it's promising. Now, given you've been you know, eight drivers at times and probably ten engineers or however many in meetings with Kellys, it's going to be a, a smaller team, more compact and all those sort of things. Do you and Rick sort of understand the car in the same way? Do you both, both want the same thing? Luckily, we're similar. We're not the same. Um, you always like to have two different spin on things, generally. Um, just Otherwise, you might as well have one engineer. So yeah. there's always slight slight differences. Luckily, we're actually quite good. We can drive each other's car um, you know, to the maximum. So I think that will be a good advantage. Going back to two cars, it puts the focus a bit more on those two cars. Um, it, it's a bit of a distraction having four. Um, there's a lot, lot more involved. Um, a lot there's more the sheer politics. mechanics of so many people. Yeah, sheer mechanics, engineers. There's just lots more that you need to do. So just going back to two, simplifying everything. And as we've seen, Penske, Kuwait, they're all uh, they're most successful with running two cars. So um, that's the sort of model we're going off. And hopefully, we can just simplify and do the right, the simple things right. Okay, um, one of the other aspects of the series that uh, is important is the co-driver thing now. It's highly unlikely you're going to get Bryce again, because he looks like he's been sort of snapped up, and you probably know, but I can guess. Yeah. Um, which is terrific for you also, that you had somebody who was showing something, because he wanted to, to, to not only to be fast, but also bring the car back, yeah. and that's what happened. Have you given thoughts for next year as to who you would like to have beside you? interesting one it's sort of something as soon as you finish you know Sunday yeah. after race we're just talking about we're like oh so who are we going to get next year yeah. and now it's becoming such a thing to have a good co-driver it, it's like having uh, a Chinese meal yeah. <laughs> what do you think about the next one exactly so it's um yeah definitely something we have to work on I think Dean Fiore is a good option he's a good solid driver uh, but yeah we'll have to look through all options and um, it's still a long time to go now but um you wouldn't believe it most of the good ones are already sapped up, so um, yeah, okay. yeah, we'll wait and see what happens, see what pops up. Okay, now um, you've obviously had a lot more race meetings than most other drivers in supercars, yeah. but um, next year, are you planning on doing this TCR again? Uh, it won't be doing TCR, I don't think, and um, we'll be trying to simplify a lot. But believe it or not, I sort of did almost too much racing this year. Yeah. Um, here, I almost did 30 plus meetings in the year, um, and, and so much travel, and obviously, I am um, 
applied it to my training as well and that's been put on the back burner a bit. Um, so I'd like to get back to the basics, just work on the supercar season, maybe a couple of little things in New Zealand with a few sponsors, but yeah, mainly just um, yeah, doing the basic things right and not get too distracted. Okay. Um, now, your parents live in Auckland? Yeah, so all okay. my family are from Auckland. Yep. And so you'll be here there for Christmas? Yeah. Yep. Will you spend much time there? or will you... A little bit. I'm planning on going to Queenstown, actually, to go on uh, in the caravan. We'll go to um, all around there and camp and go freedom camping and stuff. So it'll be good. You're not married, are you? But you have no, a steady partner. I have a partner, yeah. yeah. Okay. No kids, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, a pet dog, you know? <laughs> no, no, I got a pet snake. No family dog. Got a pet snake. In oh. House. Oh. So a bit different. Yeah, yeah, it is indeed. Well, Andre, we uh, certainly have been enjoyed uh, watching you race this year. I'm looking forward to next year seeing you out, uh, rolling out the Mustang. Um, you won't even know what colour it is yet, will you? No. <laughs> Not yet. No, no, we'll figure that out. All right. Time. Well, I'm sure you'll enjoy it, and I'm sure you'll do uh, great things with it. So thanks again, Andre Heimgartner. It's been wonderful chatting to you. Awesome, thank you. I'm here with Anton Pasquale moments after his debut race in Super 5000. Anton, it was uh, wonderful to see your name bob up on the list, and it's even better to come and see you and watch you win in a, a pole position. And then just not quite get it together on the line. Something happened at the start of the race. Um, yeah, it's obviously cool to be back on a grid and an open wheeler. Uh, been in a supercar or a roofed car for four years, so it's cool to get that fresh air back in your face. Um, it's good to get pole, and then, yeah, had a heap of wheel spin at the start. You got a lot of power to get off the line, and yep. um, Tom got a really good one, but in the end, he was faster anyway, so it probably would have worked out the way it did anyway. Um, so it's still good to get second, first race, but uh, we're looking to push a bit harder tomorrow. Okay. Now, these cars are more powerful, bigger, heavier, more difficult to drive than previous open wheelers? Um... Yeah, they, they, are, they are very difficult, um, but at the same time, you know, any car driving on the limit, chasing you know, a crazy fast lap time is always hard, no matter, yeah. even if it's a Honda Excel to a supercar and all the stuff in between and yeah. these cars. When you're chasing fast guys and racing quick guys, it's always hard, um, but there is a certain technique that seems to suit these things. Um, it's kind of a mixture of a few different cars I've driven, so you can't drive it purely like an F3 car or something like that, and you can't drive it like you would a supercar. You kind of have to find a happy medium and obviously more towards an aero formula, but um, it, it is a heap of fun because when you do get straight and eventually get the power down, you, you have a, it's an enjoyable time down the straight, you know, you can feel the acceleration cool. Yeah, okay. Now, um, you uh, won the Formula 4 Championship with Sonic back in 2000 and... 2013. 13, right, okay. And you headed off to Europe almost straight away. Yeah, so um, went to a former Renault, Renault category in 2014 and won that championship. It was a very more like an F4 style car, um, pretty underpowered. The team, the team that was running it? So I was running with Lechner, which is, they're still known for you know, being probably the, one of the best teams in the world for Porsches. Um, they're massive in, in the Super Cup and things like that. Um, and that time they were running in, in that open wheel, so they're sort of making their comeback in the category. So we had a, had a really good time doing that and then went into Formula Renault 2 later next year and then back to Australia, back into Tin Tops from there. Okay. All right, so you did uh, 1.6 and 2 litre then. Yeah. Um, so you've less than half the horsepower of what this thing has. Um, so for that reason, this is far more challenging? Um, it's probably it's got more horsepower here, uh, a bigger tyre, but also a harder tyre. 
Um, you don't get the grip? You, you don't get the grip, but you still have a lot of grip, you know. We're still doing a 41 around this track, which is... Pull very, three times, yeah. Which is very, very fast. Um, but if you if you had you know, downforce of a normal Formula car, you'd be a lot faster. Um, yeah. You can't carry the same corner speed as, say, an F3 car. Yeah. But you do, obviously, you'd smash it down the, you would smash it down the straight. So it is, um, it is, it is, it is different, but um, it's kind of a mixture of all things. Okay. Um, did you follow many people in that race? Did you get behind somebody? Um, no, I was behind Tom for a, about a lap, and then he sort of pulled away, and then. The guy, I think I pulled away from the guys behind me, and we're kind of just in our own race. Um, so I'm not too sure what it'll be like racing you know, nose to tail, which we will do tomorrow because we're starting last. Yeah. So at some point, I'm going to be behind someone's gearbox and trying to pass and things. So it'll be a bit of fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it's interesting because, of course, you know, experience something that's been going on in supercars and discussions about error. And you're aware that, of course, that next mm. year there's talk about maybe 15%. I mean, Davey has yeah. on uh, his podcast talked about 30%, which, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. which is pretty radical, but, you know, uh, even 15%, I imagine, would be very noticeable. Uh, yeah, I think 15% of what you got's a fair bit, but um, at the same time, it happens to everyone. You, you probably... Uh, it's hard to, hard to tell where it's... Because it's tracked, obviously, over time, leaning towards more, more aero, so... I'll probably just go back, basically going back a few years, um, which I think would be cool. You know, it would make the racing a little bit tighter. Um, you get to you know, track like this is quite hard to follow a car because we rely so much on the uh, on the front to get around the corner, and then obviously when you're behind someone, you get really hot tires and things like that. So that's the stuff you want to avoid um, to make the racing really close, kind of like a Formula Ford. You can sort of race nose to tail for the whole race, and uh, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, follow closely without being. Yeah, unless you're the guy in front, then you want as much air wash as you can get, and <laughs> the guy behind you to blow his tyres up and understeer off the road, and you drive away. That's so. If you're in front, you don't want it to change. Okay, now this is a one-off event. Yeah, yeah. So um, at the moment, it's one-off event. Obviously, if they they want me back, I'll I'll come back for sure. I think their their next round's Grand Prix, so that wouldn't be happening because we're racing there. Um, and for points. And for points, you know, and we're four races and all that stuff. So it'd be it'd be sort of basically impossible to do a double duties and supercars is priority because that's that, that's our bread and butter and and that's our main series but obviously anything doesn't clash if, if I think also I, you get a bit of jam on top of your bread and butter too by the way oh, jam, I, I love jam probably the Vegemite maybe <laughs> but um um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of race. If I could race every weekend and every day, I would. So any chance to get in a car and race and, you know, better guys race, different guys race, different cars, only learning, experiencing and, and having a really good time doing it. Had you been approached all about TCR? Uh, no, I haven't personally, no. No, okay. Um, I mean, it's an interesting series and obviously there's a bunch of very good people there doing it. Um, that would have some interest to you? Uh, I mean, obviously, the the category has got a lot of a lot of good cars, a lot of good teams, a lot of good drivers. In terms of competing, it's probably not something I would venture towards. Yep. Um, you know, being, you know, like I said, supercars being priority, very different car to do uh, yes. to drive okay. um, compared to what we're doing. And um, yeah, I'd rather if I'm going to go down and you know, try something else and do something else on the side, something like S five thousand would be something I would do rather than. Yep. Okay. Front wheel drive. Now you're coming to the end of your second year in the main series. Um, you did two years in in the development series. Yeah. Um, so it's four years of being a supercar driver, um, and that's something you've enjoyed. Yeah, I, I, I'm still believe. I think 
Um, in terms of pure enjoyment, I, I, I really love the supercars. You know, obviously, I always say if you didn't, if you weren't racing to a lap time, you can have a real ball in a supercar because you know, low grip, low aero, not much tire, fair bit of horsepower. So you can have a heap of fun. Um, but they are really cool cars. You get to race at awesome tracks. So um, in terms of enjoyment, I'm, I love that. And obviously, the competition is massive. The events are huge. So um, it, it is a really enjoyable experience. You've signed a contract to the end of next year. Yeah. Um, Obviously, then you're just going to keep on doing that, and we'll see what next year brings for you. You've had two podiums this year, um, and you've shown a good number of other race meetings. Um, you've had, you know, some not bad luck. It's, it's misfortune of racing mm. that things happen and cars jump around. I mean, obviously, Sandown 500 or the yeah. qualifying race was an absolute screw up. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine what was going on in your head when you were going, you're giving me a penalty for being hit by somebody else. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a shame. Like I said, we've had a couple of podiums, but we've probably missed more than what we've got. Um, yep. There's been a few occasions where we've say something's happened, we've had a pit stop drama, or you know yeah. that and the sand down incident or other things have happened which um, have been out of our control, but at the same time within our control. So the sand down thing was a bit. It was hard, obviously, um, the penalty wasn't right in the end, but um, when you're backwards in the 20-lap race, turn one, your race is pretty much over. Anyway, we're pretty lucky that half the field was on slicks and we could get ourselves to a decent position, but then into the next day it didn't end up mattering anyway because we all had a, had a bust up at the start. So, um, yeah, we've had a, had a few dramas, and then the same at Gold Coast, we're both really fast and got turned around on lap one, had to start basically from last again and work our way through. So we've done that for half the enduro campaign and both ended up in the top 10 still which is which has been pretty cool yeah okay um you've regularly been getting in that top 10 and that's been sort of your position dave has come and gone a little bit more you seem to have had a more consistent race package um yeah we've we're all pushing quite hard i think the level this year stepped up to last year um it seemed, you know, when you had a good car last year, it was a lot easier to get a result. This year it is very close, very tough. The guys at the front have pushed on a bit. Um, and then obviously all the other stuff that's happening has, has made it difficult too. But um, it is rewarding now when you do have a, have a good race. Um, and then as, as a team, we're both just pushing to each other to get to the front and trying to help each other as much as like we can. Um, but, yeah, we've been consistently in that top ten and, you know, we, we, we could have had a handful of podiums by now, which we haven't. So um, we still have to polish ourselves up a little bit to um, make it onto next year but you know, we're 12 months on from last year we're going to heat better so hopefully we'll make the same step the next 12 months and uh, keep pushing on yeah indeed and um, any big plans over Christmas break have you got time away or um, yeah so once we're done with Newcastle uh, our term, year in terms of racing is done we've still obviously got some commitments to do with the team you know we have our sort of end year sign offs we do some sponsor things we might do a ride there or something I'm not too sure um, and then I had plans to go to America to do a race over there which fell through um, so a bit disappointed about that what but, was that? Um, we're going to do a race me, Paul um, and a few other guys in in America but it all fell through so we couldn't um, we won't be heading over there so I've retreated back to doing a card enduro <laughs> in December with uh, good friend Dave Sarah, so we, which we yep. did last year so we'll have a bit of fun doing that and then basically that's my last thing for the year and then I'll have a have a break with some mates over over summer head out onto the water and head out to the Gold Coast and things like that and just chill out for 
a month, half a month, whatever we're supposed to be, and then uh, head back into it. Well, thank you very much to Anton D. Muscari. We uh, wish you well on the second day of your Super 5000 career and hope that uh, more of it bobs up in the near future. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. You're not wrong. There are some some great drivers, and you realise how old you're getting when you see their age, that they're starting to make their way up that development tree. My final thought, Tony, is we've got a couple of track changes at Newcastle. There's changes in around the Turn 11 hairpin, which has been made a tighter corner, and also they've moved it back a bit deeper, so it's a bit less runoff and their corner will be a bit tighter and they're hoping that the additional i believe 11 and a half meters of straight from the the sweeper where you sort of come out of the final houses to where you get down to that open area where uh, has been good viewing over the years and they're hoping that that will set up the opportunity to create more passing and then obviously with the reprofiled corner radius that will also mean that it, um, it it will change the way drivers have to attack coming off onto the not-so-straight entry to the start-finish straight. So it brings the track up to uh, 12 metres. Uh, it extends the length of the track by 12 metres, but uh, they're still going to stay with the 95 laps. I don't know how that correlates to the... 500 moniker um, it was 2.6 meters now around the track so 2.6 by 95 someone can do that in their head for me well i'm sure it'll be a great event i, I look forward to sitting back and watching this one on tv um, and i hope uh, it's an enjoyable race for all our listeners and that uh, for those people who uh, watch on fox i imagine they'll be starting on friday it'll be the usual uh, gamut of all the support categories I'd enjoy it all and uh, it'll be good night from me and good night from him inside supercars is produced by thunder media tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your itunes or mobile device search inside supercars